The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered patron-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. Today we'll be talking about chicken scratch embroidery, listener emails, and Taylor Swift question mark? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it says. That's what it says. (laughs) And and we're just going to talk right into that. At this moment, because this isn't Uh about me, and I don't want to get into it. (laughs) At this point, the by the time bringing it up, I'm bringing it up. (laughs) It needs to be brought up, but we don't need to linger on it. Okay. Uh, By the time that you're listening to this email, this email, wow, I'm having a (laughs) hard time talking today. This podcast, whoa, this is a good start, guys. Yeah, it's going great. By the time you listen to this. Uh, this is old news already, except that while we're recording it, it's still fairly new news. And (laughs) And Molly is feeling some kind of way about it. I'm feeling some kind of way. So Katy Perry, I don't even like really listen to these people, but Katy Perry shared that Taylor Swift in a very kind gesture made a silk, an embroidered silk baby blanket for... Katy Perry's new baby, whose name is what Daisy Dove, I think. Um, I like no the name idea. Daisy. Daisy's- uh yes, it's adorable. <laughs> so, she made this embroidered silk baby blanket that she said was that Taylor Swift said was reminiscent or like inspired by a blanket she had as a child. I'm Here's- opening this link for the first time. <laughs> Here's Just- the thing. Yeah. Eh. Someone needs to give Taylor Swift an embroidery hoop. Or Yowch. some stabilizer, and maybe an embroidery lesson or two. Again, very kind gesture. This is super sweet, but also oh no. it's so she did not know how to close that edge. It's super scrunchy, and it has a bunch of issues. And the the I had heard about this. Uh, my dad told me about it because, of course, embroidery wanted to you know share that. I probably think I thinking I'd talk about it here, which I am. But then also. Um, Hoop Hoop Hooray AU on Instagram, she tweeted, or she Instagrammed about it and was like, clearly we've got some tension issues, uh, both between maybe the two ladies and the other lady, <laughs> but, um, it was just like, I, I, it just bugs me so much. So anyway, that's my rant what? about it. We can go on. I just had to say something. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I just scrolled down and the one comment that jumped out at me, I'm just going to read because I think it's um, oh no, kind enough, but probably sums up what I am thinking and digesting in my brain as I look at this image for the first time. <laughs> okay. Um, This person says, it looks like the first time I tried to use my sewing machine and the thread kept piling up and bunching the fabric. Also, that's not a daisy, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. To be fair. Sorry, um... I'm being mean. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, Ms. Swifts and Perry. Um, Yes. Again, I don't know You're just so rich and could take a lesson or like 
oh my by gosh, an online wait. video course. Is yeah, this, I, is Katy Perry with Orlando Bloom? Yes. yes. So that's why it says Baby Bloom, and she just, oh! I think, put a bloom and on there. the baby's name is Daisy? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> that baby's going to be adorable. Like, genetic <laughs> jackpot what? And I only know of Orlando Bloom as Legolas, so that is the only thing I'm thinking at the moment. Um, uh, and my husband once did a shoot with Katy Perry riding oh. a bomb. Okay. Okay. I remember what it was for. <laughs> it was very early in our, uh, in our relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I read somewhere that. Taylor no, Swift a body started... double must've been. Okay. Anyway, sorry. No. Um, yeah. I read that, that Taylor Swift <clears throat> started working on this back in May. It is now September. Obviously she put a lot of thought into this i don't want to like it is a really sweet gesture yeah and And it looks exactly like the first handkerchiefs i embroidered for my husband when i first started embroidering yeah it just happens do you know what i think happened a lot of attention (laughs) what what i think think happened is the same thing that happened when i started embroidering is that um the idea of separating threads out just uh, yes. I I didn't understand and so there was a lot of bulk to a lot of my pieces yes. and a lot of pulling because of it. Um yes. but I think it's I think it's very, very sweet. And also it it looks like someone who's learning. Yes. Exactly. And that is a fine thing to do if you want to make a kind thing for someone else, even if you are just learning, that is a perfectly acceptable thing to do. <laughs> yes. Also, mm-hmm. though, for your first project, this is a tip for everyone: don't start embroidering on silk as your first project. That's that was that was going to be my like final two cents. Yeah. I think I think she was going. I think she was picturing this like softly lit with like a disco glare effect like you would get in one of the A Beautiful Mess apps. Um, like I think she was picturing the Instagram when okay. she made it because she is if okay. she's nothing if not a good brander and marketer who understands trends. Well, and I, and mean, I guarantee you like that, that she yeah. I guarantee you that she was like this is so fucking cute with this fucking silk. Look at how trendy. I don't know how to embroider, but I'm Taylor Swift. But oh you know what? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she gets to do that. And we get to talk She also about has it. people telling her how great she is all day, so. It's true. 1.6 well, million likes on that Insta post. Fame. But we were also all there <laughs> at some point. Yes. All of us. I mean, not and with people just telling us agree. how great we are, but, you know. Uh, I was an only child. Oh, I still don't so... think that feels like 1.6 million <laughs> likes for your first embroidery project on ill-advised silk. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, I really didn't want to talk about this a lot, although I knew it was a risk because... This is more interesting than any of the other crap I was going to talk about, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, me too. I, I feel like... Um, also, I had a pink blankie that looked mm-hmm. very much yeah. like... This only um, it had sat um, satin silk edging around it, mm-hmm. yep. and it really hits me in the heart um, 
the unrecognizable shred that she carries in a pocket as a teenager. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, um, uh-oh. Oh, no, I'm going to cry about it. Um, oh! The, and again, this is why Taylor Swift is rich and famous, because she makes people <laughs> act like this and no, feel like I, this. It's not even, it's not <laughs> that. No, it's that. It's, it's, it's really real, she, yeah. Yeah. That's what she said, and, um, yeah. I mm-hmm. had uh, Simon cremated with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. With mine. Yep. And so, like, and oh, God, it looked awful. It was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. I, we have my mom's, and it's, like, I mean, it's now sealed in a plastic bag because it's that. It, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's an heirloom at that point. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, oh, goodness. I, you know, it's, it doesn't matter to a kid. What right. a thing looks like, as yes. long as it tactilely meets their needs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as an autistic kid, yeah, my blankie was, like, the most important thing in the world. Like, if it got left anywhere, like, my parents have driven hundreds of miles to retrieve my blankie wherever yeah. it is that it may have been left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the embroidery is very beginner. But I really, really appreciate the sentiment behind yes, it. Exactly. Yeah. And now I brought my dead cat into it. Gosh, I know, everything but, is just But you have <laughs> but you have kittens. You have comfort kittens. So <laughs> I like that phrase a lot. Comfort kittens. I don't think they're comforting anything right now. Tell us about it, Haley. <laughs> oh my gosh. So kittens, as they're want to do. Uh, have grown significantly since when I got them, and they fit in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, just a couple days ago, are four months old, and they're huge, <laughs> and they desperately want to be involved in every activity going on in the apartment. And so every time I sit down to do anything, like any project, anything, I will look away to grab something and look back and there will be kittens. Like they have descended upon and are reaching little paws out to touch that or touch my nose or (laughs) and it's the cutest thing. But also, but also. <laughs> they, they make it impossible to get anything done. And all, they sound like a small stagecoach right <laughs> near my apartment right now. And so uh, if you should hear tramplings, rumblings, pouncings, things trying to break into other things, uh, th- those are my kittens and there's nothing I can do about it. Sorry. I'm fine with it, man. I, I, I <laughs> and, enjoy and it. By sorry, I mean not sorry. I, I also enjoy the the view of their, like, their hallway that they run down through your apartment because I lose count of how many times they go by and it's the cutest. Mm-hmm. You yes. are not wrong. They, they are very, very cute. And um, also not, like, they're no longer at kittens something might hurt me uh, phase. So they're no longer, like, like curious but 
but hiding a little bit when anything, yes. like when noises happen, they are now, hi, I, I am, I'm involved, <laughs> and I hope that's okay with you because you don't have another option. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right, Kat, you win. <laughs> yep. That's funny. So anyway, that is, uh, that is my life update. Heidi, what's <laughs> up with you? <laughs> Um, well, I, I've been home a lot because Storm is still sick because she's elderly. So opposite stage of life going on in my animal world over here. Um, but because I've been home so much, like, like, yeah, we're under lockdown, but like, she can't be left alone at all. Right. 24 hours a day. So hence all of my topics today. I'll just give you a little preview there. Um, (laughs) and so, um. The long and short of my little chatter here is that I've been fiddling around with macrame again because it's, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to play around with something different when you're just like, I'm going crazy, it's three in the morning, my dog just whatever. Um, And so the thing is, though, between like the sleep deprivation and the new craft and like constantly putting it up and down and macrame just works different than knitting and crochet and latch hook because it's a little more uh, free form, <laughs> which is why I'm enjoying it. Uh, but the thing mm. is, with all that sleep deprivation and stuff, I've begun hoarding all these rings for making, like, hanging planters and other macrame projects. Yeah. Um, but then I gather a few of them, come up with this clever place to store them so I find them later, and then I can't find where I stored that last bunch. So I've got this, like, I don't know if magpie <laughs> is how to describe the situation. I don't know. Squirrel I, with acorns of macrame loops. Definitely the sleep deprivation adding to that. Uh, That's yeah. that really fun. funny, though. I, like I keep forgetting everything. Um, You're going to find some deeply confusing stashes of macrame <laughs> circles and i cannot wait for the text also with just the photo and the question mark yeah <laughs> also i am i am doing a little uh jump into macrame myself and at some Yay. point we will we will have to talk macrame math because yeah uh that's a whole thing. Not also to be done with sleep deprivation. I, yeah. Okay, and I, we talked about things I wake up thinking of in the middle of the night. Macrame math is now one of them. <laughs> that and um, tension. Mm, and how yes. much you want to, like for me, I'm at the phase where I just want to tear everything out the second I clock an imbalance in my knots. Uh-huh. And that's not really a good way to finish a thing. Yeah. Taylor Swift <laughs> wouldn't do that. She'd just continue on. Yeah. Sorry, that was completely <laughs> mean. Um, yeah, so before we, uh, before we continue. I wonder, she seems like the kind of person that might have a secret macrame planner in her house, given that embroidery, though. Maybe. Just saying. I definitely, I definitely, I agree with that. Uh, but yeah. Oh, I'm we, positive that it exists. <laughs> before we There's jump no into doubt. more conversations that probably won't be as mean as I was with Taylor <laughs> Swift, apparently, um, we want to give a shout out. To a new serious friend of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, who is now supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Nink. You are the best. Nink. Thanks, Nink. Yes. Uh, So now let me tell you about something that I just recently did that I had so much fun with. And it was for work, but it didn't feel like it was for work. That's the yes, best. Yes, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's why we all started this job. I know. <laughs> we I thought know. it was going to always be like that. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I was doing pour painting for 
uh, a blog post. And we talked about it a little bit, I think last season or the season before even, um, that Sarah Jane Crafts, yes, she does it. And obviously I don't pour paint at her skill level, but, uh, but I did do some um, paint pouring and it was so much fun. And I mixed the paint myself um, using Floetrol and um, a little bit of silicone lubricant in some of it and um, like liquid wrench just uh, did the trick. And it was, I, I, there were points when I was a little bit stressed because I, oh, 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 I'm, Haley's having a hard time. She's, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but Haley's mouth keeps getting tell very me, wide Tell me, tell me, what did I do wrong? And she's biting her fist and so I'm just enjoying. I cannot help myself. I'm sorry. That's why I clarified. <laughs> I clarified it was liquid wrench. And then you said liquid wrench and I was like, because she knows. I knew, I knew. I'm not going to address it. We're moving okay, on. Hold on. Okay. Why? I, the thing is though, I might not be the only person in here who doesn't know why there's so much screaming and fist biting and excitement can you please explain no because we're not Molly discussing lubricant on the lube. podcast <laughs> we're collecting ourselves after that <laughs> that sorry it, okay anyway <laughs> i mixed some paint together i'm sleep I, deprived it's fine i put it into a cup and i poured it onto a canvas and it was beautiful I'm sure That's it was. It. I'm really excited <laughs> for you. I I think that sounds like a lot of fun and also a mess that would make me have a seizure. Yeah, so that was the thing and this is where I like Could you do it inside like a cardboard box? Yeah. Oh, yes. This is here's this is my pro tip that Okay. Um I I, I have not really seen this a lot of places, but this was my my dad did pour painting with like middle school students my sister did as well and it sounds, sounds like a bad idea it does it sounds like a terrible idea but it's okay because of this tip that we have all worked out as a system for this and that is buy one of those aluminum like disposable aluminum baking pans like a roast uh-huh, yeah. roasting pan it doesn't even have to be big in fact if it's just small enough you can set your canvas in so that it like rests in the corners and like is elevated that oh. way, you're pouring all into this tray, mm-hmm. and you can wipe it out and use it over and over again, but you haven't wrecked anything. It is very contained. It, um, I... You're speaking my language. I know. I, I did this entire pour painting thing on my photo backdrop without getting any paint on my photo backdrop Whoa. at all. Whoa. Whoa. I that's, feel that's deeply legitimately impressive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was it it was the most nerve wracking thing was you know mixing and pouring into the cups and not wanting to drip anywhere. But again, I didn't drip. It was okay. <laughs> it was. I I have a vision of your hand like shakily holding a Dixie cup, being like, "Don't mess this up, Molly. The stakes I are too high." I felt well, and also when you're taking photos, you're very much like. I get one shot at yeah. this. If I if I make a mess everywhere, it's obvious and I can't go back. <laughs> Don't mess this up, Molly. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> like clapping your high hands. stakes paint pouring. It was that. It was that. But it was but it was amazing and um, it was just it was fun to do and I highly recommend it as a 
just try it and see what happens. The only thing you're, I mean, I would say I, I estimated this craft as costing about $25 with all of the supplies, canvases, yeah. paint, Floetrol, etc. Et but, um, the, it, it's, you probably have a lot of this stuff anyway. So not the Floetrol, but other stuff you could pour paint pretty easily. I recommend it. It's relaxing other than messing up paint on your photo backdrop part, which you probably wouldn't do. <laughs> if Molly can do it, you might just not be trying hard enough if you mess it up. That's what we're saying, right? On this very positive podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm, okay, so on the level of uh, expert to Taylor Swift, where are we? Oh, no. Taylor Swift could absolutely do this project. <clears throat> okay. I feel like she'd find a way to uh, intentionally the place are the paint come for us. So we should probably Actually, I think this is here's here's really here's your segue. Yeah. Um we may get listener emails from uh this all of this being down on Taylor Swift business. Uh-huh. We will be prepared to talk about them in a future podcast, but for today, yeah, listener emails. Mhm. Yeah. We've got them. It's true. So in a continuing trend, uh, apparently, I have read another listener email that I found to be very inspiring that I would like to share with you folks because it touches on several things that we're all very excited about, including the Work Basket magazines that I think Molly and I talked about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so we got an email a couple of weeks ago from Edna, uh, who says, Love the podcast as always. I remember seeing Work Basket magazines at my grandma's house, and it brought back good memories. Here is a link to a free, huge digital archive of Work Basket magazines. Also, lots of other embroidery, knitting, and handmade resources. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that they are looking for trained librarians to help catalog or train volunteers. And so, I didn't read out the URLs because they are long, um, but they will definitely be included in the show notes. And basically, all you need to know is that it is antiquepatternlibrary.org is where all of this stuff is based. And so I, of course, felt the need to go down a rabbit hole, and then Molly and I (laughs) together went down a rabbit hole earlier today. Mm -hmm. And so looking back specifically through the Workbasket magazine, um... They start apparently at the beginning um, in October of 1935, which is very neat. Um, Yeah, I did not realize that's how old Work Basket was. I knew it went back a long time, but I didn't know it went back that far. Yeah, and it was called apparently Aunt Martha's Work Basket, Mm -hmm. Home and Needlecraft for Pleasure and Profit. And so this particular episode is 
or not episode. Oh, wow. I'm wearing See, off on you. See, none of us can. <laughs> the girls on two podcasts. It can't be helped. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so the, the I'm currently looking at a 1937 edition, and it's very short but very interesting, like about what to do with string that you're saving and things like that. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and so they start out a little more on the short side, but assuming that you're coming with a lot of skills, which you would have been if you, generally speaking, if you were a woman in the 1930s. Um, But they also have a bunch of other different collections and um, they're searchable. And so I fell into the bobbin lace category um, in their catalog. And there are books that I haven't seen and in full. And some beginner books, there are good scans and they're legible. And they have... Well, um, what's called prickings in bobbin lace, which is a pattern. And I'm just really excited to dive into this further. And uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when uh, right at the end of college, I was part of the early English books program, um, putting 16th and 17th out. Cat! There's a cat climbing oh, no. my leg. Um, <laughs> Jack, that 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 hurts. Um, anyway, I, I was part of the um, early English books project, putting 16th and 17th century texts um, in an online searchable database, and cool. so there were scans of of all of these texts. And um, I was basically checking the code to make sure that everything was properly transcribed and properly coded for searching. But this reminds me a lot of that project. And especially since they are such good, such good scans and so well organized. It like. It makes what could be a completely useless project a really, really useful resource. Yeah. Um, in a way that I'm just, my mind is blown. And so I'm so excited that Edna shared this with us. And I will include a bunch of links in the show notes to different things that I thought were interesting and also the links that Edna specifically provided for us. And so if you are, uh, if you happen to be somebody into library science out there or a volunteer who's into this sort of thing, which now I'm kind of curious about since I've done something so similar. Yeah. Um, like, how fun is this? I, I love it. So yes. thanks, Edna. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Edna. So this is actually a perfect segue for my one of my topics today. Great. Um, so actually, I've 
as somebody who, if you're familiar with my work or stuff I post about on the internet, you're going to know that I'm into vintage crafting and working from a lot of vintage patterns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Especially in the last year, I've been doing a lot of vintage knitting in particular. And it's really funny that Edna sent this email because it came in right about the time I was already on that very website looking for snood patterns. S-N-O-O-D. Oh, yeah. With your dirty minds. With your dirty minds over there that I'm just not even catching. I know what a snood is. Come on. (laughs) So I was on there looking for snood patterns because the latest version of my stuck inside 24 7 madness projects is vintage hair setting like fully fun using foam rollers and head scarves like a grandma um because i have long hair for the first time in ages for other people um yeah when well i guess when when she was younger (laughs) i i thought she was old but she used to say that she would do that for the little old ladies in town because there wasn't a salon that could that would set their hair weekly Mm. so that's really sweet yeah i'm really (laughs) excited about this please tell us more yeah um so yeah i my hair is the longest it's been in probably 10 years and i've also grown out just because of lockdown, all my highlights, because I would get like partial highlights. My natural hair is blonde, but it would just be lighter to give it some more dimension. And the thing with dyeing your hair is that once you dye it, you kind of have to keep going unless you want to are fine with tolerating the root line. Yes. <clears throat> but conveniently, thanks to, <clears throat> excuse me, conveniently, thanks to writing a book immediately followed by lockdown, that line, it like got to the almost the top of my ears by the time I was ready to deal with my hair again. So right now I'm <laughs> pretending I have an ombre dye. First of all, <laughs> very nice. I mean, very on trend. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm faking it very well, um, but I wanted to be like in general more empowered about my hair and stuff. And I just have always get I just get so frustrated with cosmetic anything. Like my patience for it is very low. Um, I don't know why I can sit down and make like an entire complicated intarsia afghan, but like doing my hair in the morning is like. Ugh, why? Oh, I straight up refuse. Yeah, I totally understand that. If I can't run a comb through it and be done, I'm not doing it. (laughs) And I think also part of my aversion to hair, now that I've done this vintage hair setting, might be that I was, you know, I only ever learned to do my hair like in the 90s and 2000s. And I have really fine hair. And what I'm finding now with using vintage hair rollers and hair rolling techniques is that I think it actually suits my hair a little better because I'm curling it without heat, which is also a little more eco-friendly depending on how you want to balance out like the carbon footprint of the foam rollers I got on Amazon. Womp womp. Um. <laughs> I mean, you could use rag rollers if you wanted to. I don't want to. I want to get consistent. I think that's yeah. very reasonable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I'd, I, um, I also don't plan on buying more than one set of plastic and foam rollers ever in my life, so... Anyway, I'm rambling a little bit because I'm not used to, like, explaining hair. And I feel like, weirdly, like, I have to justify even doing hair as a creative endeavor just because of, like... No, but, like, I think for a lot of people, because I used to be one of those people, it's like, oh, they're into hair and makeup. Like, they're obviously dumb. I can't take them seriously. They could not, like... Like, just thinking of it as a skill that's just invalid. And I definitely had that, like, bad mentality for a lot of my teen years. And I'm excited that, like, in my older age, I'm getting back to, like, 
simultaneously doing less and more with my hair and I'm finding it actually Mm -hmm. creatively satisfying. So it's kind of interesting just how those things evolve and change and also how hard hair is. People who are good at hair like mad props because you are skilled. (laughs) Yeah. People good at hair and makeup like. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to be good at makeup Mm -hmm. because got the years. Mm -hmm. Um, But like now the skills that I see just on like normal people yeah walking around yeah what is happening here i don't even understand what what this brush is (laughs) and yet you can make bobbin lace it's it's wild yeah that's how i feel too yeah yeah but honestly uh heidi your that set that you shared your first your pulling on instagram yeah yeah on instagram oh my goodness i just i just this morning was like I should save this as a highlight just because I've gotten enough like DMs because I just wanted to be like, I'm doing this. 5,000 Instagram friends. Some of you might be. Will you be my friend and talk to me and tell me how to do this good? (laughs) And it worked. Oh, I think um, I think uh, Gretchen Hirsch, um, Gertie, Mm -hmm. has some videos. Oh, I bet she does. Vintage sets. I I, I I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, she might have some tutorials too. I vaguely remember stumbling upon them, but they were not relevant to me given the length of my hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually this, this is perfect. This is a great topic because now we have show notes and I can put all my links in a place because I wasn't sure where to put them on like my yarn blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll just have a little list in for the show you. Notes. I mean, it's fiber. Yeah, yeah, it is fiber. And I kept thinking that and I was yep. like, I would I would throw myself off a cliff if I had to knit with my own hair because it is too slippery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's actually also why I don't yeah. do anything. It's with my the hair. fine hair it's, thing. I just assumed yeah. cosmetics and hair stuff wasn't for me because it just never worked. And what I didn't mm-hmm. know was like, less is more in all things with your skin and hair, Heidi. Less <laughs> is more. Don't touch it. Like that's know, it, that's it the, likes the truth. to be left alone. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Um, I'm really liking it. And also, even though I still have to wash my hair midweek to get, because my hair just gets too greasy too fast because it's so fine and I'm just, that's how my body is. I find that my hair is still nicer the first wash after. Like there's more body and it looks like I've done a lot of work and I just comb it and it's good. So if the whole point is to like wash my hair less and do less to it, I think I'm really feeling confident that this is the way to go. So anyway so snood anyway a snood (laughs) s-n-o-o-d i did is a hair cover that i can then put over my curlers or like sleep for the second day on my hair so it doesn't get as smooshed overnight so that's the craft connection snoods are great yeah Um, i like it do you have a one of the fancy uh shower caps uh, not yet. I haven't, I, I don't know. I'm probably craning my neck horribly because yeah. I'm like, no, my hair's dry. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> Instagram in really thinks I need one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I, I have been getting relentless marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I will say that one of my recent um, very mysterious anxiety medication purchases was... A brush and hair dryer combination. Oh, now, first yeah, of all, yeah. I don't use a hair dryer. <laughs> Second of all, I don't use a brush. <laughs> um, like when it arrived, I opened my bathroom cabinet, and my hair dryer, which only gets used by my mother, 
when she comes <laughs> was like covered with I don't know, a year's worth of dust because my mother has not been here because COVID. And yet, maybe like in winter, if I go outside and I don't want my hair to be wet, I don't know. <laughs> but it also seems like a better idea than um, you can do no heat. And so it seems like a better idea and a quicker way to dry it than using a blow dryer like the once or twice a year that I ever do. Yeah. I so. I, I actually dry set my hair, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> oh, dry do versus you? yeah. And I Interesting. Have, do you have hair? And I have, and I have it turn oils? out dry. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I was gonna in the show notes thing, I'll link this stuff too. Cool. Um yeah. I have yeah. so many opinions about hair products and stuff. Ooh. I love it. I, love I it. may take a foray. Um, I, I need a haircut badly. <laughs> and so I may take a foray into finger waves mm-hmm. after my next haircut. That would be really cute cool. on your face, too. Yeah, and I've I've done them, and I know... Cute face. That's what I I'm saying. I know how to do them, <laughs> um, but I haven't... I, I know how to do them in theory, but mm-hmm. not in practice. And mm-hmm. so um, maybe there will be a future episode wherein, I mean, I can always talk about hair crafts. <laughs> uh, okay. So moving along, I have something that I would like to talk about that I've wanted to talk about for a while. I'll still try and keep it brief, but have either of you seen or done Mill Hill counted glass kits, bead kits? Do you know what these are? Uh, no, but I just saw a stained glass kit. Okay. That sounds very familiar. Are they the ones that you, like, so, like sew the bead onto canvas and they make yes. an ornament? Okay, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly, yes. So I brought with some examples because I had, like, just recently uncovered a bag full of them that we <laughs> must have gotten on clearance. So here we oh! are. A little ASMR. Yes! I have one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My mom must have in the past. I, I did these, I think, as a teenager. That's how far go- back these. Oh, well, let's see. The ones that I have here, most of them are copyright 1991. Yeah. That doesn't mean I was doing them in 91, but... It is possible. They were so, big in the 90s. Yeah. Well, they still exist now, and you can still find them. They are still producing new kits. Basically, if you've never seen these listeners, uh, most of them start with perforated paper, which is uh, fairly thick. It's the kind that you would, you can use for, for cross-stitch. And then you – it's like counted cross-stitch, except that you are stitching these beads in place. And then they also usually have some extra embroidery floss elements to them. Some of them have more embroidery or cross-stitch involved. Uh, There's different styles. So I have um, one that I definitely did that I'm showing the the ladies here in the video chat. It is a little scarecrow. But I have Very appropriate. The yes. least terrifying scarecrow I've ever seen. Absolutely. Absolutely that. Um, this one, I don't think I ever did one like this. It's like a... Little pumpkin. Pumpkins and like wheat or something. Cute. Um, for, 
for Haley, I found and brought with the uh, Happy Little Halloween Witch and Black Cat. <gasps> I love them both. Aren't they so great? I love them. Uh, I also did, I remember I've doing... I've never in my life wanted to do beadwork before. <laughs> well... Well, 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 we found we found the thing. It's cool because it is like counted cross stitch, but just a different element and it and it a lot of them are solid beading and I'm rattling a little bit here and making extra noises because I'm playing with these um, items. I recently found a partially finished one that was a Christmas design. Uh, there's like half of it there. Uh, are they like the tree the tree with yep. the colorful beads it's a tree in a in a sleigh so it will look like this here is how long it's been since i worked on this apparently first of all it's in a little mini embroidery floss box but the beads did not say separate because the the lid doesn't actually seal down on that so yeah. just remember that if you're sorting your beads in one of these that won't oh, work I hate <laughs> that also I I must have gone through a beading phase because I have visceral memories yeah, of teeny tiny seed beads mm -hmm. mixing together. They're all mixed. It's it's uh -huh. a whole mess. Also, I noticed when looking at this closely that there seems to be a little bit of mold on here, but there's definitely a load of rust on the needle that is still oh. threaded and it's... <laughs> Gross. I don't like it. I'm going to close it away, Throw it away. Throw it away. But I will also say... Tetanus. In the same, from also from Mill Hill, but with barely any beads involved, a kit that I bought a couple of years ago at my local needle workshop, which has since closed, sadly. Um, it is a kit that they did a, a set of these. They're nativity ornaments. And this one oh, cute. is the baby Jesus with a cow and a, and a um, lamb uh, nestled in nearby. And I got this to make for my mom years ago and I still have not made it because it's still in the package, friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real ASMR. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I, maybe maybe this is the year? I don't know. But I kind of want to pull it out and do it because it would be fun. And the only downside to this is the for real cross-stitch part on this will take longer because you can't, on the perforated paper, you can't like go down and come back up in one stitch without it really messing up the paper. So oh. it will take me twice as long to do this. Uh, I feel like I'm already talking myself out of it. But anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I think I don't understand why it's paper. Uh, I think because you often will use them, make them into pins and ornaments, and you don't really have to do anything to the back of it. It just stays rigid, which is a nice feature. But guess, wouldn't but, if it like got wet? Just yeah. yeah, it would not it would be a problem if it got wet, definitely. But Okay. Um, I just just wondering. I if you were wearing this as a pin though and you were caught in the rain, that is a, a very real possibility, I will say. It's true. It's but, true. I guess you could lacquer it. Lacquer the back. You probably could. Uh but anyway. We had a family friend who was obsessed with those kits when I was a kid and I we I, I think to this day my parents still have all the ornaments she made for us. Yeah, that's funny. They're, I yeah. mean, they're actually really pretty. They're, mm -hmm. you know, it they feels like cracker. an era. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I saw we the definitely nutcracker. have the Nutcracker. Well, yeah. and you know, house. the '90s are so big again. Maybe these are going to be the next kit to come back because oh. there's got to be piles of dead stock because those had to be dirt cheap to make. 
there's probably just piles of them somewhere that somebody's like, yeah. heck yeah, throwback 90s business. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Also, well, I mean, you guys did see that the American girls came out with the 80s style. I didn't see the it. 80s historic style. Yeah. That's a problem uh, for me, but okay. Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, I, I am expecting there will be some crafts oh, and craft yeah, kits good. related. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I just would say if you at all like beads and or cross stitch and you haven't done one of these kits, they're, I mean, they're all over Etsy, but you can also, they, the company Mill Hill does still make them. So you can find not just dead stock, but, but new things and they're cute. It's a, it's a look, but they're cute. So anyway, that, that's all. It's a look, but they're cute. (laughs) Fair enough. I, you know, that's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like that's how I feel about most things that I like. (laughs) This isn't for everyone, but it's cute. And I'm really into the Halloween one. I, I now own two Halloween cats who make the Halloween cat shape with some regularity. Mm -hmm. So, um... (laughs) Anyway, that's cute. Everything's so, cute. It is cute. <laughs> I need so a nap. I... <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? I think we all need a nap. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so I have a quick update from Shelby, our friend and plant biologist at this point botany consultant for the very serious crafts podcast exactly (laughs) so after she heard the last episode uh the last main episode where we talked about her methods for pressing flowers um i think that we all had we're wondering about um, plastics in presses and yes. whether or not things should or could go into the oven. Yes. Safety, and, melting, all of that sort of right, thing. Right, right. <laughs> and so she got back to us um, after hearing it with some recommendations for presses. It had not occurred to her that plastic ones would exist mm. because... Uh that you know not in her wheelhouse right she's not a hobby plant presser yes so um, she's a very serious plant presser that's right trademark trademark (laughs) (laughs) okay so she um confirmed that no no we should not put the plastic ones in ovens etc good because i think there was a moment last time where we were like well maybe if it's low temp and you open a window don't do that apparently well i i i'm very stupid craft podcast sorry i'm still not sure whether or not that would be a problem but let's assume that it is okay We'll okay. assume that that is a bad idea. Yeah, okay. I'm down um, with that. <laughs> yeah, that I, I feel that that is the safest thing for us to do. And so she sent us two links to plant presses that do not have any plastic involved. And they... They look pretty cool. One of them looks properly 
professional and it's from forestry suppliers okay dot com um it's hyphenated forestry suppliers um and it's a very cool ventilated plant press and then she also sent a link to something called a large student plant press, which is sort of the style that I'm really obsessed with. Mm -hmm. But the buckles are metal. Perfect. And so I will link to these. I think both are currently sold out because everybody is living that (laughs) quarantine life Uh at the moment. Uh, But I will... Put up links to those so people who are interested in knowing a little bit more about that can get presses that are safe to use in the ways we talked about. Excellent. Always good. And and adding to that, um, Rachel, who is one of our uh, very serious friends on uh, Patreon, Patreon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Embroidery Patreon. Embroidery Patreon. Sorry. She is also a biologist, and she let us know there on, on Patreon that when she, was, uh, when she was a student, they would put their presses in the car and leave mm. it there for like a week, and the heat inside of the car... That would is be enough. smart. Um, yeah, in the summer. Yep. In the, yeah, she. It was like spring, summer, and she said as long That's as they cool. are not in direct sunlight, they pressed wonderfully. She says so. Nice. Which is another, good to know. Yeah, another good option that mm-hmm. is you know if you if you have a car is yeah. gonna work. Also, you could put your yarn stash in there and take right care of any moths. There you go. Uh, moth-free yarn and pressed flowers it's what we're all about here simultaneously yep i mean i i feel really great about all of this Uh (laughs) yes yeah so that is the update from shelby and thank you shelby yes Yes, thank thank you. you very much seriously you're like a professional scientist and uh this is cool to learn about how to do for real i know yes science and crafting together good good combo which is a little how i felt when i was doing um the pour painting and like Mm -hmm. mixing things to get a good balance of of you know Mm -hmm. the flow to the paint and everything yeah anyway it was nice yeah and (laughs) that's hard to do because the specific gravity of different um ingredients yeah and it was very different it was all very it was all very experimental and not super scientific but you could see it at work anyway when it was flowing. But anyway, all of that. I, I did that. not mean good. to get that nerdy at that moment. I, I, Sorry. I'm all there good. for it. I'm there for it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, well, I'm on such a vintage kick this episode, y'all. Or maybe just in general in life. Who's to say? Who's to yeah. say? Not yeah. me. I like um, it. I support it. <laughs> um, so last episode, I was talking about making um, a little apron for my niece, Evelyn, who's two. She has it. She loves it. It's cute. There's pictures, etc. I will share them, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I just keep having these aprons, like, cross my path lately. Um, so I made that apron for my niece, and then I was doing some little, like, shifting my wardrobe from summer to fall, because I never do that, and this seemed like the year to make that a habit. 
Um, <laughs> and I found this, it's like... It's a good goal to have. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's a new mm-hmm. decade, so why not? Um, anyway, and so I found in next to my stash of costume and costume materials and yarn wigs that we all have, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, we probably all do is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop self-roasting and get to the dang point. <laughs> um, but anyway, so in among my costumes was this stash of aprons, and they were all half aprons, and they were almost all sewn in gingham fabric. Um, every kind of pastel gingham you could picture from the early 1960s. Um, and they were, and they are all cross-stitched as well with, like, geese or just general, like, geometric patterns and stuff. Um, and I wasn't, I was raised as a knitter from when I was a kid, but not an embroiderer. Um, so when I posted about this on Instagram, um, somebody I actually grew up with commented and was like, I think that's called chicken scratch embroidery. And, um, and then everybody chimed in and I was like, oh yeah, this sounds vaguely familiar that my mom, I can't remember if she was like complaining that she had to do it or was like, (laughs) you're lucky you don't have to sit down and do crafts homework. And I was like, I want to, I want to do crafts homework. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's specifically on gingham, right? Yes. 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 Yep. Okay. So I do know what this is. I I didn't think that I did, but yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah. uh, Your wisdom. exactly what it sounds it like. Is. Yeah, it, it's cross stitch um, on gingham. <laughs> yeah, because gingham is a grid. Um, yep. It mimics the look of even weave fabric. And so you can use that grid like you would use any even weave or open weave fabric. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah. And in addition to the um, aprons, I also realized I had a few um, gingham uh, little tablecloths that I have to imagine were like fabric left over from these. But those are really cool because they were, I think they've all been less used. So they're almost in like just got finished condition. Nice. And a lot of the stitches are more advanced on the tablecloths. So maybe my grandma worked on them or something, but they're really beautiful. Um, And so I think I'm just going to slowly when I need something to post on Instagram because they're all colors and things I like. I'm just going to start being steaming them, photographing them, and deciding whether or not I need, like, ten aprons. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I have a stack of um, vintage textiles. But for a while, my grandma was... Like, I, I inherited all of my great-grandmother's embroidered handkerchiefs mm-hmm. and um, collars and stuff like that. And also some of my grandma's stuff, but she was um, a very resentful crafter. Uh, And so for a while, she was going to garage sales and estate sales and picking up um, handmade textiles that were done very skillfully and just Mm -hmm. sending them to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I, now, I have purchased some of those kinds of things because yeah. it felt like I should. I don't somebody know, needs them, them, or that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, like spoiler, I ended up donating them years later because yeah. I was like, "What do I need them for?" Yep, I've <laughs> got to keep all my own yeah. elders' stuff. Yes, that. <laughs> well, and and that's just it. So, I've got all of these things that are beautifully done, but I have a set of hand embroidered cocktail napkins. In Ooh. white, with white embroidery. Okay. Like, just frame them? Like, is that nobody's the only option ever... at that point? And, and they're done on just 
beautiful quality. Oh, like, and I believe the, um, it's like silk embroidery thread. Like it's, I don't know why you would ever do that. Like, and I am someone who uses my great grandmother's hand, like beautifully hand stitched with handmade lace handkerchiefs for their intended purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would never <laughs> use these napkins. Anyway, I, because I'm fairly sure like bleach would eat them. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is that Taylor Swift did not make those cocktail napkins. <laughs> I think Taylor Swift would have to be, you know, approaching like 120, 130 to have made these particular napkins. And, she, and, her, which, and her album maybe, would be 1889. Yes! This is the best podcast ever. Thanks to oh Taylor Swift. Oh. There you go. There it is. <laughs> I I didn't even know I was setting up that joke. Yeah, it was so good. There's you guys, we have to we have to end now because I know it can't get any better. Okay, that that's fair. Or worse, maybe. I'm not sure. Here, we'll here I can it, make it worse. Uh, I'm only two years older than Taylor Swift. Okay, be quiet. Boom. That's just terrible. So Indeed. thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. This was so we, fun. Yeah, where we talk about Taylor Swift. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. And finally, if you are a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Yes! Maybe even Taylor Swift. Oh, Now boy. I'm going to stop please saying her name. Don't, please don't tell her it's about like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. If Taylor Swift appears in my apartment, I am... <laughs> going to take a lot of photos and be very confused. Okay, that's that. I'm going to make her play with my kittens and then I'm going to give her an embroidery lesson. Yes! You want to know what's a stupid fact I know? Yes. Taylor Swift's cat's name is Olivia Benson after the Law and Order SVU character. <laughs> I... I don't know why I know that. Having had Law and Order SVU filmed literally underneath my bedroom window, um, <laughs> and having run smack into Olivia, Olivia Benson, Benson on my way to yoga <laughs> that morning, um, I I feel great about that. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. On that note. On that note. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. On that note, we should stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna get better than that. <laughs>